The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Start! You can call me Bruce. Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Welcome back. No Mrs. Nolan this week. Figured, you know, if I keep her going too much, eventually you're not going to like me anymore because you'll realize there's so many other better people to listen to out there, including the person who cohabitates with me. But, you know, last week's episode was pretty light, pretty breezy. We had some laughs. This week's episode, not quite as much. One of the things that this show does a lot of in the offseason is we talk a lot of football philosophy. We talk a lot about the method by which we can evaluate the game, the method by which we can consume the game, and the method by which we can think about the game. And one of the things that almost always kicks off the offseason for an NFL fan is the following. What are my favorite team's needs this year? Where do the needs lie? Because that's really what the offseason is for a lot of fans. It's about filling needs to grant hope. And if you get to the end of the offseason and you say, wow, this team really got better then you feel good going into next year. We spent a lot of last year having the discussion about whether or not the Buffalo Bills got better. And we talked a lot about what better actually means and whether better means better in a vacuum or better with context of where you used to be or better in context with where your main opponent is supposed to be. Did the Bills do enough to beat the Chiefs? That was a very common talking point because it's all about needs. It's all about evaluating needs. And so before we even get into needs, I have seven things that I want to talk about specifically that I think are important to keep in mind 
when we are talking about needs. So we're going to go through these things and we're going to try to get our heads on straight because if we don't outline and lay a foundation for the method by which we should evaluate needs, then the rest of the tower will topple because it wasn't laid upon a good foundation. Measure twice, cut once, or in some cases, measure 397 times, cut halfway through, then measure some more and then finish the cut. The first thing I want to talk about in regards to needs is something I touched upon last offseason. I touched upon this specifically because I had made the comment that maybe the Bills should look at drafting a wide receiver. I was like, well, we don't need a wide receiver this year. The first thing is need doesn't necessarily mean now. Needs can be now. Needs can be next year. Needs can be two years from now. But the least efficient method of filling a need is sometimes the year that you need it. Think about all the people who are in the NFL who work for teams who need a quarterback this year. If you need a quarterback this year, you probably should have drafted him last year. Maybe even the year before. Because now there's all this discussion about whether or not this quarterback class is even worthy to have multiple first round picks. Now, it will anyway, because every class has multiple first-round picks, except for E.J. Manuel. But is it another 2013 class? Is it a Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Cam Newton class, where one of them ends up good and the other ones are terrible? What kind of scenario do they find themselves in where you need a quarterback and now you're stuck? Probably should have planned a little bit better. And it doesn't just apply to quarterbacks. One of the best ways you can, as a team, be as good as possible for as long as possible and hope you get lucky, which is a absolute bruisism in regards to team building and my general philosophy, is by making sure the transition from veteran to young player goes smoothly. And sometimes that curve needs to be smoothed out by planning ahead. So need doesn't necessarily mean now. Number two, strengthening or maintaining an advantage is just as much of a need as improving a weakness. Do not think for a second that when you say need, that is synonymous only with weakness. Sometimes it is. But we learned the phrase from listening to the Buffalo Bills front office and coaching staff this past season, that you never want to lose your fastball. That was a statement that they utilized. You never want to lose your fastball. Something that was previously a strength becoming less of a strength is just as much of a weakness as something that was a weakness remaining a weakness. So you invest assets and things to prevent them from lessening, not just to improve them. Because improving them is one way of improving your team. Keeping them from lessening is another way of improving your team. So strengthening or maintaining an advantage is just as much of a need as improving a weakness. Remember that for later. Number three, no team is without flaws. So some items fit within the realm of acceptable relative weaknesses. You cannot have an all-pro at every position. It's not a thing. You have to decide 
where you are willing to have less of a talented roster. Not that you should accept the fact that you have less than stellar players all over the roster, but you operate under a limited resource environment as a team. Limited draft picks, limited cap space, and resource scarcity becomes when prioritization is most important. Prioritization doesn't matter if you have unlimited resources. It's not relevant. You never have to prioritize anything. If your day is 20 billion hours long, does it really matter what you do with your time? No, of course not. You have basically unlimited time. It doesn't matter. But that's not how things work. So you prioritize because the resources are limited. And some things you have to accept not being the top of your priority list because quite frankly, they're just not that important. No team is without flaws. That's not possible. Every team has flaws. The Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, have flaws. So some items will fit within the realm of acceptable relative weaknesses. Number four, needs exist within the chassis of positional importance, which in turn lives within scheme and era of football. Need is relative to positional value. And positional value lives within the era of football that you live in. This era of football is not predicated on a run-stuffing two-down linebacker. And as such, that can never be as much of a need as someone who can help you pass and defend the pass. Because that's the era of football we live in. So we can accept that maybe we need a better run-stuffing linebacker. Maybe that's a need for your team out there. Maybe you're listening to this and you're not a Buffalo Bills fan and you think, we need a run-stuffing linebacker. You will never need a run-stuffing linebacker that bad. Why? Because you don't live in that era of football. Now, you might. The NFL could change on its head and become a very run-and-stop-the-run sort of league like it was a long time ago. Maybe it's cyclical and it comes back around. But the era of football that you live in is about passing and stopping the pass. And as such, that should be framed when you look at your positional needs. Number five, injuries are a reality of the NFL. So need is broader than you think. We've talked about this phrase before, broader than you think. And really, it applies in a lot of things. We have a tendency to get really narrow-minded when we define things. We define franchise quarterback. We define Super Bowl window. We define contender. The word elite. And here's what it boils down to. A lot of these phrases are broader than you think. But the word need is one of those things. Do the Bills need to address the backup quarterback position this offseason? Yes, they do. Why? Because Josh Allen is one pulled hammy away from this team dropping two or three in a row. If you have a bad backup quarterback and you roll him out there, this is a team that is predicated on passing and stopping the pass. And you're one play away from dropping four games in a row That could potentially keep you out of the playoffs. 
So the word need is broader than you think. So yeah, I agree. The Bills need some defensive tackles, cornerback, into your offensive line, wide receiver, maybe a tight end. But backup quarterback is on that list as well. Need is broader than you think due to the presence of injuries. And if one injury can destroy your entire season, well, then it feels like having a contingency for that injury is important. Next thing on the list, number six, not all holes can and will be filled with a superstar player. One of the reasons why Brandon Bean has historically plugged his holes with free agents is so he could go into the draft and not feel the pressure to reach for need. But he doesn't necessarily fill the holes with really good players. He fills them with players they know, players they're comfortable with, players that represent a reasonable floor. They don't take away the need, they lessen the need. They don't make you say, okay, we're completely fine at that position. They make you say, crisis averted at the position. That's the seventh thing. The seventh thing is that needs being filled is not made up of ones and zeros. It's not binary. It's not yes, need filled, no need not filled. These are gradients. The need can be partially filled. How well was the need filled? Not yes or no, was it filled? Because very rarely are you going to say, well, we need a three-tech defensive tackle. Oh, we filled it with Aaron Donald. That's not how this works. So when you think about whether or not it got filled, it's not binary yeses and nos. It's how well did it get filled? And right along those same lines, you could consider this 7B. Need size does not correlate one-to-one with need expenditure. I see this all the time. Well, the biggest need should be our first round pick. And the second biggest need should be the second round pick. All the time. All the time. Well, the first pick absolutely has to be a defensive end. Really? At pick 25? How many really good defensive ends you know got picked at 25? Well, it's the biggest need, Bruce. So? You could get someone who's probably just as reasonable of a filling of that hole in the second round or third round. Well, Bruce, our number one need is cornerback. Well, first off, you're never really going to get an argument from me when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. But you want good players. It's not relative expenditure. Well, the biggest need gets the biggest expenditure. This is not a squeaky wheel gets the grease sort of scenario. Because you're ignoring all the value that comes from those expenditures. Do you want to get good value or not? If you have a third round player and you draft him at 25 because that's your biggest need, okay, great. The expenditure matched the need, but you lost all the value. That's not the way this works. That's not how any of this works. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to go over what I believe to be some needs for the Buffalo Bills in 2022. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We've been talking about needology. We've been talking about some philosophical tenets 
of looking at needs for your favorite National Football League team. First one was need doesn't necessarily mean now. The second one was strengthening or maintaining an advantage is just as much of a need as improving a weakness. The third thing is no team is without flaws, so some items fit within the realm of acceptable relative weaknesses. The fourth thing is needs exist within the chassis of positional importance, which in turn lives within scheme and era of football. The fifth, injuries are a reality of the NFL, so need is broader than you think. The sixth thing, not all holes can and will be filled with a superstar player. And the seventh thing is, filling needs is not binary, it's a gradient. And a subnote on that is that need size does not correlate one-to-one with need expenditure. We went through all those things, but I had to go through those things first before I listed what I believed to be the needs for this team. Now, this team has tons of needs because if you're going to make need as broad as I made it, then you could have 13 needs. You could have 15 needs. But I picked my top five. My top five are as follows. Number five, tight end. Dawson Knox has proven himself to be a completely reasonable starting tight end in the NFL. I have a feeling an extension will be on the table for him. Behind him, there's nothing. You have an 11 personnel heavy team who has one starting caliber tight end on the roster. I think it matters. The Bills tried to go with a lot of 10 personnel week one against the Steelers. Didn't work out too well. This is an 11 personnel team. And unless that changes drastically under new offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, having your team be inches away from potentially losing a significant part of their identity is enough for me to want to keep my fastball and invest in the tight end position. Number four, wide receiver. Again, keep your fastball. I believe that Gabriel Davis should be given an opportunity to show that he's the wide receiver too that this team needs. But Emmanuel Sanders might not be back. Cole Beasley might decide he doesn't want to play anymore. All of a sudden, you went from a team that consistently rolls out three wide receivers to a team that only has two and one of whom we are hoping can step into the wide receiver two role. Don't lose your fastball. I pounded the table for Elijah Moore last offseason. Was a big fan. I will pound the table again for wide receivers this year. You can't go wrong turning a profit. And what turns a profit for the Buffalo Bills offense is throwing the ball to wide receivers. If you want to continue to see Josh Allen provide the type of performance that got the entire NFL on notice in the playoffs, you got to keep funneling him weapons. There is no time when it's a bad time to give Josh Allen more weapons. Number three, interior offensive line. But Bruce, we have Ryan Bates. I understand that. I don't feel comfortable with almost anything behind the starting five of the Buffalo Bills offensive line. In addition, there are some cap expenditures that might need to be discussed when it comes to the Buffalo Bills offensive line. Is Mitch Morse going to be back? Is Darrell Williams going to be back? Is John Feliciano going to be back? All of them have potential contracts that the Bills could get out of. I don't have any desire at all 
to see the Buffalo Bills walk away from Mitch Morse. But if they decide to walk away from John Feliciano, that hurts your ability to have that sixth offensive lineman be a swing interior guy who can play center in both guards. Now you're in exactly the same position we just talked about at backup quarterback and backup tight end. You're a pulled hammy away from being the offensive line that we were all pounding the table for being terrible halfway through the season. Number two, cornerback. I mean, come on. You knew it was coming, right? There's a very reasonable chance Levi Wallace is going to want to finally get his money on the free agent market. And I think Levi Wallace is a completely reasonable player. I've used that phrase continually when describing him. I've said reasonable, 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 reasonable. And that's fine if he's on a reasonable contract. But he might not be getting a reasonable contract, which means we should take the opportunity as an organization, the Buffalo Bills should invest in a better athlete at the cornerback position. And I'm going to keep pounding the table that better athletes at corner allow you to do different things. If you think the defensive scheme for the Buffalo Bills is getting tired and stagnant, give Leslie Frazier better athletes and then see what he does with it. We can't continue this cycle of saying, well, we don't need great athletes. We run a zone scheme. And then say, well, we can't run a lot of man. We have bad athletes. You can't say that. It's an endless cycle. We just keep going through. I slap that meme up on Twitter every single year. At some point, you have to break the cycle. Whenever in my life I have found myself in a situation where I'm giving someone direction, I'll usually say something to the effect of this. If you do everything I tell you to do and it doesn't work, it's my fault. If you don't do what I tell you to do and it doesn't work out, it's your fault. It's a very similar scenario to Leslie Frazier and the defense. If you give him the athletes and he can't make the appropriate coverage adjustments, then it's on him. If you don't give him the athletes, then who's it on? It's on the guy who didn't give him the athletes. Because you do the best you can with what you have. And if you have the resources and you can't make it work, it's a coaching issue. If you don't have the resources, then it's a little bit less of a coaching issue. I want to see what Leslie Frazier can concoct with better athletes in the secondary. Number one, interior defensive linemen. The Buffalo Bills have two defensive tackles under contract for 2022. Starla Tulele, Ed Oliver. That's it. And there's a chance Starla Tulele could be a post-June 1 cut. You never know. This is a team that likes to rotate defensive linemen and they don't have any. They have Starla Tule who may or may not be back and you have that Oliver who played really well. That's it. That's all you got. This is a team that believes in rushing from the interior. Look at the Carolina Panther expenditure on defensive tackle. They believe in controlling the line of scrimmage. You've heard it a million times. We got to control the line of scrimmage. And they don't have any bodies at defensive tackle. As much as I love my cornerbacks, they don't have nearly the numbers issue that they do at defensive tackle. So not only do you have a numbers issue, you know, you could potentially have a talent issue. If Harrison Phillips doesn't come back, Starla Tule was okay, but 
Brandon Bean flat out said he got hit hard by COVID. He wasn't the same player. Is he going to be next year? Hopefully. If we keep him, but we might not even keep him. Because then you got the salary cap to worry about. There's a chance the only remaining defensive tackle from 21 to 22 is Ed Oliver. That's it. So it's going to be something you're going to hear a lot about. So as much as I love my cornerbacks, and as much as I believe in coverage over pass rush, there's a numbers problem, ladies and gentlemen, at defensive tackle. Oh, we got trouble. Right here in defensive line city. With a capital D, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. I sure hope you guys got that joke, because if not, it's super duper embarrassing, and you don't know why I'm going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We did needology. I threw a lot of stuff at you. But I think it's always important to lay a good foundation to build any sort of house. And that's what we're doing this offseason. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your day. And if you thought it was a little weird and you thought it was a little kooky and you thought, Bruce, where are you going with this? I'm sorry, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumble.